positive images of homosexuality in schools will be outlawed, as will the promotion of gay or lesbian lifestyles as pretend family relationships. The march has made their feelings on this new legislation very clear. Attention, everyone. I have an announcement. I am a homosexual. So what's the announcement? I get a phone call from casting for this cartoon about this gay duck. And they said, would you be interested? And I'm like, my gay stars. Hello. Yes, I'm interested. Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappelle. Canada's Tories plan to ban pediatric trans health care, how UK activists defeated No Promo Homo, and how queer actor Jim J. Bullock became a queer duck. Those stories and more this week now that you've found This Way Out. I'm Michael LeBeau. And I'm Tanya Kane Perry. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending September 16th, 2023. If Canada's Conservative Party regains control of the federal government, they'll ban pediatric transgender health care. Delegates to the party's annual convention voted on September 9th to outlaw medicinal or surgical intervention for trans and gender nonconforming young people. 69% of voting members meeting in Quebec City approved the new policy. 87% also voted to define woman as a female person and to ban trans women from women-only spaces. U.S.-style school district culture wars have also been joined by some conservative-run Canadian provinces. Saskatchewan and New Brunswick now require teachers and other staff to out transgender students to their parents or guardians. Ontario's Conservative Premier Doug Ford says his government will develop similar parental rights policies. Canadian observers really do blame the wave of anti-queer proposals on the influence of U.S. Republican strategy. It's a surprise to those who recall the Conservative Party's culture wars detente in 2021. That's how Parliament was able to pass a national ban on conversion therapy. Now, some Canadian jurisdictions are even mimicking the current Republican penchant for banning family-friendly drag performances. Trans, LGBTQ, and other human rights groups have loudly condemned the conservative sudden lurch to the far right. Faye Johnstone is a trans activist and president of the advocacy group Queer Momentum. She tweeted that, quite simply, Trans people are generally poor, more likely to be homeless, and experience a whole lot of hate for being ourselves. This is the community the Conservative Party of Canada is picking on, because they can. Federal Conservative Party leader Pierre Poilievre is not required to formally embrace the delegates' new anti-trans policies. He has not responded to specific questions from reporters asking his position. of LGBTQ people and their allies marched defiantly through central Belgrade in Serbia's 11th annual Pride Parade on September 9th. A heavy contingent of riot-gear-clad police officers protected them from about 50 priest-led protesters singing and waving religious icons outside a Serbian Orthodox church. (laughs) 
Another anti-queer group met on a major downtown street under a banner reading, I don't want a gay parade in Belgrade. Support of embassies and representatives of 25 countries and the European Union issued a joint statement that read, in part, on the occasion of Belgrade Pride 2023, we proudly stand with the LGBTQ plus community in Serbia and strongly support the values that Pride represents, acceptance, inclusion, and diversity. The faith-based opposition echoed anti-queer statements made by Serbian President Aleksandar Vucic and other top government officials. He tried to postpone last year's Pride March and has vowed that there will be no legal recognition of same-gender couples as long as he leads the government. Vucic's refusal to advance LGBTQ equality is one reason Serbia will probably fail in its efforts to join the European Union. Another reason is his increasing coziness with Vladimir Putin. Serbia has had an openly lesbian prime minister since 2017. However, to the constant dismay of LGBTQ rights activists, Anna Brunabish has rarely spoken publicly in support of queer rights. I never hit it, Andorra's Prime Minister Javier Espot Zamora told a September 11th interview with Radio and Television of Andorra. The former judge said that being gay doesn't define the entirety of my person and even less of my personal politics. But at the same time, I think it shouldn't be a problem to express it. And if this helps children, young people, or teenagers who are going through a difficult time to see that in the end, regardless of their condition or sexual orientation, in this country, you can prosper and reach the highest magistracy, then I am happy to express it. Andorra is an Eastern Pyrenees Mountains nation of about 79,000 people, bordered by France to the north and Spain to the south. Zamora became prime minister in 2019 He's since then ushered in legislation establishing marriage equality and discrimination protections based on gender identity or expression and laws to ease legal gender changes. Zamora joins the exclusive Outworld Leaders Club that includes Irish Taoiseach Leo Varadkar, Latvian President Edgar Zrenkovic, Luxembourg Prime Minister Xavier Betel, and the previously mentioned Serbian Prime Minister Anna Brnabic. California is banning book bans. A bill passed this week by the Democratic Party-controlled legislature would penalize school boards for refusing to approve or prohibiting the use of any textbook, instructional material, or other curriculum, or any book or other resource in a school library that includes LGBTQ themes. Swimming against the national tide as usual, Golden State lawmakers aim to protect the perspectives of authors from ethnic and racially marginalized groups rather than to protect children from them. Disobedient school districts face state funding losses. The legislation was sponsored by the Assembly's first black gay member, Corey Johnson. It was specifically prompted by a prohibition on mentioning martyred queer leader Harvey Milk in the elementary classrooms of the Temecula Valley Unified School District. Officials there relented after Governor Gavin Newsom threatened a lawsuit. Newsom celebrated the anti-book ban's passage in a social media statement that read in part, California is the true freedom state, a place where families, not political fanatics, have the freedom to decide what's right for them. All students deserve the freedom to read and learn about the truth, the world, and themselves. The same judge who gave some respite to Florida's transgender youth in June left trans adults in the lurch with his September 11th ruling. 
Federal Judge Robert Hinkle of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Florida decided to allow provisions of a gender-affirming health care law that require patients over 18 to officially consent in person and with a physician present to take effect. Hinkle had temporarily blocked enforcement of provisions banning gender-affirming care for trans youth. He'll continue to hear a constitutional challenge to the entire law devised by Republican Governor Ron DeSantis and his compliant legislature. Equality advocates condemn the law that not only targets trans youth but creates serious obstacles for trans adults. Some are not so easily able to travel to in-person appointments with their doctor. Most gender-affirming care for adults is prescribed by nurse practitioners and through telehealth. The temporary restraining order that's kept the Lone Star State from enforcing its ban on family-friendly drag shows has been extended. Federal Judge David Hittner of the U.S. District Court of the Southern District of Texas had to act on September 13th because such orders normally expire either 14 days from issuance or on a date set by the court, whichever comes first. Governor Greg Abbott and his Republican cohorts in the state legislature backed the law banning sexually oriented performances. They used a language so vague that critics say the law could ban other costume theater and ballet performances, even cheerleading. Venues face fines of up to $10,000 for each violation. The renewed restraining order will presumably expire again on September 28th, 14 days after Hitner issued it. A constitutional free speech challenge in his court continues. Finally. Seven activists were arrested at a noisy sit-in in U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's Washington, D.C. office on September 11th. They were protesting the imminent demise of President Joe Biden's emergency plan for global AIDS relief, or PEPFAR, legislation covering both international and domestic funding for HIV-AIDS programs expires on September 30th. McCarthy has been under pressure from the strident MAGA Republican minority in the U.S. House of Representatives to oppose PEPFAR reauthorization based on unfounded claims that it has indirectly funded support for abortions. Activist groups Housing Works and Health Gap are demanding a clean five-year reauthorization of the legislation. McCarthy's office has not responded to the protest nor commented on passing the five-year reauthorization. One of those arrested was Health Gap Executive Director Asia Russell. She charged in a media statement, Extremists in the House have sunk to a new low. Republicans are playing political games with the lives of countless adults, children, and newborns with HIV and most affected by HIV across the globe and here in the U.S. Housing Works CEO Charles King was also arrested. In his words, PEPFAR has saved millions of lives. It is criminal for some members of Congress to treat it as a political football. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending September 16th, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap was written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian Jeshazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you 
help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Michael LeBeau. Stay healthy. And I'm Tanya Kane Perry. Stay safe. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org. Thank Thank you. you. Queer Duck. He's intellectual. Queer Duck. He's homosexual. I'm gay as a goose. Later in the program. Today, the phrase is, don't say gay. But in the late 1980s, the British coined the expression, no promo homo, for a similar law restricting the discussion of LGBTQ issues. If the goal of Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher's conservative government was to silence the movement, Section 28 had the opposite effect. This Way Out's Greg Gordon memorialized the victorious campaign in September of 2003. Nothing galvanized the British lesbian and gay rights movement like the 1988 passage of Section 28. Protests against the law prohibiting local governments from using any resources to promote homosexuality quickly spread across Europe, and its repeal has been at the top of the activist agenda ever since. That 15-year Battle of Britain came to an end this week when a reformed local government act that included repeal of Section 28 received royal assent. As the community looks forward to Section 28's official demise in mid-November, this way out recalls reports about a London rally opposed the law that aired on our debut program in April 1988 and a demonstration in Amsterdam shortly thereafter. The practical effects of this law will be the closure of gay centres funded by councils, the ending of lesbian and gay equality units, and possibly the removal of licences for gay pubs and clubs. Positive images of homosexuality in schools will be outlawed, as will the promotion of gay or lesbian lifestyles as pretend family relationships. Whilst help for AIDS organisations is specifically excluded from the bill, there is little doubt in the minds of lesbians and gays that these swinging new measures are part of a growing homophobic backlash following in the wake of the AIDS crisis. Sections of the British press have helped to fuel anti-gay feeling and activity by giving prominence to outbursts from well-known people who seek to blame the legalisation in the 1960s of homosexual acts for the AIDS epidemic. The response from lesbians and gays has been swift and vociferous. A march through the streets of London on January the 9th drew 12,000 people after only three weeks' notice. On its way, the march stopped outside Prime Minister Thatcher's residence in Downing Street, where the marchers made their feelings on this new legislation very clear. The march continued past Parliament to a rally addressed by speakers who included out gay member of Parliament Chris Smith. I'm afraid 
that we're facing very, very difficult, nasty, prejudiced, bigoted times in this country at the moment. And this clause is just one example. It's the worst example, but it's just one example of the flavor of this government, this parliament, and the climate that we're living in. Also there, bringing a message of solidarity from gay and lesbian brothers and sisters in North America, was one of the organizers of the 1987 March on Washington, Robin Tyler. Robin was speaking just as police moved in to arrest people at the rally, sometimes for nothing more than just kissing. Are they arresting people? Yeah, well, to arrest all the gays and lesbians in England, guys, you're going to have to arrest millions and millions and millions of people. Further action is planned in cities around the country, which will remind all those who'd have us back in the closet that we're out and we're staying out. And now we're walking into the hall of the museum, the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam, for the end of the demonstration. We're here to uh, show that uh, lesbians the world over, and, and we have um, many lesbian uh, members uh, all over the world are protesting against the British law which has just been passed, which is uh, a law that makes it possible to inform and organize as lesbian women and gay men, and it is uh, basically a, a very, very dangerous law, and we're wanting to make very clear to everyone that... Um, these kind of uh, measures must be stopped. Under the marble columns, there are now 8,000 gay men and lesbians screaming. So we gotta fight back in large numbers. A fight back, I can't make it alone. Fight back in large numbers. We can make a safe home. Fight back. You've been listening to some of This Way Out's 1988 coverage of Opposition to Britain's No Promo Homo Section 28 by Tim Richardson in London and Jay McLaren in Amsterdam. The repeal of Section 28 was passed by Parliament on September 18, 2003 and went into effect 60 days later. Come on to the theater. I'm diddly-dee, an actor's life for me. A high silk hat and a silver cane, a watch of gold with a diamond chain. I'm diddly-day, an actor's life is gay. It's great to be a celebrity, an actor's life for me. Every actor worth his salt strives to be honest and true in his portrayals on the stage or screen. Hello, this is Ian McKellen, and that's exactly what This Way Out does as well, right here on this station. Out and animated animals have become an international entertainment staple. Twenty years ago this week, we met the voice of the first feathered gay star. You may recognize him as son-in-law Monroe Ficus from the hit TV series Too Close for Comfort. Monroe, what do you mean that you cooperated? Uh, I'd rather not talk about it. Does anyone know what's going on here? I think I do. Or as one of those Hollywood squares. Jim J. I'm in it. Be, oh, you fine. nutty guy. Yes, sir. You did so well with the question about nuts yesterday. Oh, uh, not about my nuts again. Okay, yes. <laughs> Let's give you another one. This is a question about nuts. Oh, you good. Can you dry roast nuts at home in a microwave? 
Oh, no, why not if you can boil... Most recently, he's been the voice of a highly animated amphibian. Charlie Lang has a chat and some laughs with openly gay actor Jim J. Bullock. Queer Duck, he's intellectual. Queer Duck, he's homosexual. Please don't think that he's perverse. He's the patient's favorite male nurse. He's okay, he's just fake, cause he's openly I'm very pleased to have as our guest Jim J. Bullock, a man who's had a very diverse career as an actor here in Hollywood and who's currently the voice of the ubiquitous Queer Duck. Welcome, Jim. Ubiquitous. How'd you like that? That's a big word. That was a big word. Oh, thank you. So tell us, who is Queer Duck? Queer Duck is a cartoon, little three-minute vignettes about a gay duck and his friends and their adventures. Can you tell us who Queer Duck's friends are on oh, the show? absolutely. There's my boyfriend, openly gay gator. There's our friend, bipolar bear, and Oscar Wildcat. Then my mother, who is played by Estelle Harris and so funny. That was one of my favorite episodes when I came out. Did you see that one? That's the first one, I think. Is it? I'm coming out. Attention, everyone. I have an announcement. I am a homosexual. So what's the announcement? I'm gay. Duh. I feel so liberated. So I said, I'm a homosexual. And they all started cheering and hugged me. So beautiful. Oh, Oscar Wildcat, you just gotta do it. If I came out, it would kill Mother. I'll do it tonight. How about you, Bipolar Bear? Oh, I already told my father. He was totally shocked. And so is his boyfriend. <laughs> it's really not going to change the world. But it is quite adventurous. It is quite adventurous. And irreverent, too. And totally irreverent, totally wrong, so wrong it's right. And that's what I love about it. It's on Showtime. It, yes, it is on Showtime, and it's also online. So how did you get involved? <laughs> well, I slept with the director, <laughs> and um, I'm very fortunate. No, I was sitting around my house, and I get a phone call. And it's from casting for this cartoon about this gay duck. And they said, would you be interested? And I'm like, hello, yes, I'm interested. So I came, I went into the studio and I auditioned for it and, and I got it. So Mike Reese is the guy who created Queer Duck. He and is. he's originally from The Simpsons. He, he received four Emmy Awards, didn't he? Yeah. I tell you, that's a home run, isn't it? That's pretty nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, did you have a relationship with him before, or did you meet through doing this project? I never met him. I didn't even meet him at the audition. I, I went into studio like this, and I put my audition down. And I think I said, oh, my gay God, which got me the role, uh -huh. uh, <laughs> which I stole from somebody else. So it's not even mine. Uh, but... Which reminds me of one of Queer Duck's famous lines, which... oh, my gay stars. Oh, my gay, oh, my gay stars. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to ask you to do that. <laughs> that shows up in every little episode. Somewhere. Oh, yeah. Too Close for Comfort was a show that you did for six years? Six years. You know, I came out to L.A. in 1977 with stars in my eyes, of course, like everyone, and was out here for about three years. And then I got this role on Too Close for Comfort, which was originally just a two-week guaranteed role, just two episodes, with the possibility of it being reoccurring. I did the first two weeks, and then they just added me to the show. Sort of gave new meaning to the word reoccurring. Oh, two weeks to oh, six yeah, years. Yeah. That's great. And I went from making 
mean nothing as a waiter to making network salary. And working with great people like Ted Knight and Nancy Dassault, girls Lydia and Deborah and Audrey Meadows, Selma Diamond. So it was a real family environment. It was. It truly, truly was a family environment. You know, Ted was king of the hill, and he let people know that he was king of the hill. But we all genuinely cared for each other. We really did. You know, we were talking about Queer Duck's coming out episode, and I'm just wondering, Jim, what your process was like, if there was a process, in terms of coming out in the industry here in Hollywood. It was a, it was a process of not only coming out in the industry, but coming out to myself. During the Too Close for Comfort years, I was petrified that it would get out that I was gay. <laughs> like anyone can look at Monroe and go, oh, he's straight. I mean, now it's like Monroe's like this gay icon, you know, and I'm at the time trying so hard to be butch. Then Hollywood Squares came along. Right. And during the Hollywood Squares years, I was coming to a place of self-love more for myself. And also during that same period of time, I discovered that I was HIV positive. That was a true turning point in my life to where I went, you know what, you have two roads you can choose here. You can choose to love yourself and choose to go with a God that loves you, or you can continue on this path of self-hate and self-destruction. And I chose the first path. When something like that happens, it stops you dead in your tracks. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm someone, it takes something really hard to stop me in my tracks. It takes a car hitting me before I will stop and think, oh, maybe I shouldn't cross the road here. And it made me, instead of relying on what I had been taught growing up in church, being told what is right for you and what is wrong for you, to go into a journey of finding out for myself what is right for me, for myself, as opposed to what someone else believes for mm -hmm. me. So all that was going on during the Hollywood Squares years. And so during the Hollywood Squares years, I'm just becoming more and more comfortable with who I am in my personal life, and it bled through and into my professional life. And I can remember at one point, Rick Rosner, who was the executive producer, took me aside and said, Jim, you're crossing the line here. And I said, what line? That gay line? And he goes, yeah, the gay line. And I said, so what if I cross the gay line? You think somebody sitting in their home wherever in the Midwest who's laughing at me all of a sudden is going to dawn on them they're gay and they're going to like stop and turn off the TV because I'm gay? I said, you know, it's who I am, Rick. I stopped caring about it so much. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'd been outed in the tabloids, you know. There was that whole period at the end of the 80s, early 90s, where Queer Nation, they were outing everyone. They outed me. Like, people are, like, scratching their heads going, really? <laughs> um, in terms of Queer Duck, is there anywhere that he hasn't gone yet that uh, you'd like to see him go? Uh, I would like to see Queer Duck go to a circuit party. What would his response be to a circuit party? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He just might join right in yeah, and jump he might. <laughs> and, you know, rip his shirt off and be the one of those flaggers up on the stage. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Oh, That's you're really welcome. Exciting. That was a proudly queer duck, Jim J. Bullock, in conversation with Charlie Lang. You can still see episodes of Queer Duck on YouTube, and Queer Duck the Movie is available on Amazon Prime. Hi, I'm Brian DeShazer, CEO of This Way Out and Chair of Overnight Productions, Inc., the parent nonprofit organization that operates this weekly program, free to non-commercial radio stations worldwide since April 1st of 1988. We are one step closer to preserving our collection through digitizing old reel-to-reel -reel tapes and cassette tapes and entering them in the research catalogs at UC Santa Barbara, libraries, special collections, and the Library of Congress. 
We are already engaged with the Radio Preservation Task Force Gender and Sexuality Caucus at the Library of Congress to create projects to include the collection and research projects for university media and gender studies courses. If you would like to know more about this project or become involved, please email us at info at thiswayout.org. Here's to queer history. Thanks for finding This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News Rep was reported this week by Michael LeBeau and Tanya Kane Perry and produced by Brian DeShazer. Our archival correspondents were Greg Gordon, Tim Richardson, Jay McLaren, and Charlie Lang. You heard music by David Bowie, Holly Near, and from Queer Duck. Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out thanks David Hunt and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Ask us for more information. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on 3CR, Fitzroy, Victoria, KSKU, Ashland, Oregon, WBSU, Brockport, New York, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.